an hour of truth for the battered but proud people of the Empire State. From the financial and entertainment epicenter of New York City to the sleeping and empty small cities and towns of upstate, which once bustled with manufacturing, mining, and farming. We all know from inspiration, history, and nature, we deserve a return to the success and growth of generations past, a birthright being squandered by corruption in Albany, and the depredations of an insecure, scheming mountebank posing as governor, who loathes both us and himself. As liberty beckoned to enslaved peoples behind the Iron Curtain via American broadcasts after World War II, we now say, believe, rise, and join us. Welcome to Radio Free New York. All right, welcome everyone to Radio Free New York. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for the day, and I'm joined by our normal Friday co-host, Sean Phelan, Agent of Chaos. Sean, welcome back to Radio Free New York, buddy. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, how you doing? Doing great. I mean, you know, same old, same old. Nothing's changing. Uh, you know, the world's still turning, and uh, people are still acting crazy. Yeah, no, usual stuff, right? Yeah, pretty normal. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> there's a ton of stuff. Uh, so thanks, everyone, for listening today on Radio Free New York. Uh, thanks for listening. We're live on WYSL from noon to one on this lovely, cool, nice and cool Friday. Uh, as always, you can call in if you want to participate in the conversation, 585-346-3000. Uh, or if you're listening online, of course, you can comment on our Facebook pages, our YouTube pages, on Twitter, any of those. We get all the comments. They go right here. But, of course, if you're listening to this on the rebroadcast on WENY The Patriot down in the southern tier, uh, thank you for listening as well, and WACK out in Newark. Thank you for listening today. Uh so yeah, we still got a uh we there there are other things going on besides just uh the coronavirus. Turns out other news is still happening. Yeah. The world yeah. still turns. The world still turns. Um and you know, unfortunately, you know, what we named the title of this show is uh Vigilantes in Georgia and and this has started to kind of break over the last couple of days. I, I haven't said anything about it. I've been trying to slowly research. Whenever whenever a thing like this comes out, you know, I always try to make sure that I get all of the facts first, making sure that I understand mm-hmm. the situation as fully as possible because uh what what's coming out of uh, Georgia is pretty awful. This is a story coming out of Brunswick, Georgia, which is actually the town where I was born. I was born in Brunswick, Georgia, believe it or not. Um, and it's this, uh, this case happening there where a, uh, a young black man named, uh, Amaud, uh, Arbery, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. If I'm not, uh, please someone correct me, but, uh, he was, uh, jogging through a neighborhood and, uh, these two guys, um, approached him, tried to detain him. And then uh, they killed him. So, yeah, that's um, that's where it is. So it's uh, a guy named. I make sure I get this right. It's um, McMichael. Is it a father and son? Yes, so that's, a father that's and last son. name. Yeah, father and son. Um, so it's uh, oh, I just lost the place for it here, but it's a. Uh, 
Gregory McMichael and uh, Travis McMichael. And so the too long didn't read version of that story is is again they they detained him they said that they suspected him of uh, committing some robberies in the neighborhood and their side of the story is that uh, when they tried to detain him uh, he fought back and then they shot him well and when okay, they went to detain him they came out with a 357 magnum and a shotgun yeah exactly and this is Gregory McMichael. He's a 64-year-old, and his son, 34-year-old uh, Travis McMichael. Yeah. And this is something that happened back in February. Uh, so this this father and son tried to detain this young guy, and in the process, they killed him. And you'd think that in this sort of situation, given how they told their story— that they would have at least been detained for this. That, hey man, this this guy ended up dead, right? These these aren't two police officers who maybe all too often get a pass for this type of thing. It's two private citizens acting as vigilantes who ended up killing this man. Um, well, Gregory, so, Mc, Gregory McMichael is a former police officer. So he kind of like had some weird flashback or something that he was still on yeah. duty. And and he was an investigator for the DA's office. And he said and and what ended up happening is is basically nothing that the the DA's office declined to prosecute. Uh they said that um well I I I'm not really sure what they said. Uh they basically they they're saying that the uh, because of the relationship that there was, they, they kind of passed the buck onto it to someone else. Uh, and then they never ended up convening a grand jury for a while. Now, as of yesterday, they did end, a grand jury did end up charging these two with murder. Yes, they were arrested. Um, so they were arrested now, but it took a couple months for, again, a, a situation where, you know, two still private citizens pulled up to a guy, brandished weapons in his face. Um, claimed they had, he looked like someone who, uh, had committed crimes, uh, that I guess he, he had like ran through like, uh, a construction site or something just, yes. which, you know, if you ever like in a neighborhood, I know some people like when there's a new house going up in your neighborhood, you kind of peek in, you know, like, Oh, what's going on here? That type of thing. But mm -hmm. you wouldn't expect there to be a death sentence of it. They said that there had been a string of robberies in the neighborhood and that they had seen someone who matched his description on a video camera. Although, um, you know, there, there's yeah. only one reported robbery in that neighborhood, and it was a month prior. It wasn't mm -hmm. a string of robberies, at least uh, as it reported to the police. And again, if, you, if you're in that position, if you're in a arbory's position, if you're run through a neighborhood, you're just going through a jog, and you're a black man in Georgia, and a couple white dudes pull up to you waving guns, we're telling you to stop, and what do you do? You, you go the other way. I mean, he, he's, the the part part of their defense was that he ran away from them when they asked him to stop. But man, that's common sense. That that makes sense. If someone did that to me, and I'm not a, a black man in Georgia, if someone did that to me, 
I would go the other direction. Like, I don't know. I don't want any part of this sketchy stuff. This is weird. I saw, this doesn't I saw feel the right. video, and yeah. according to what they said, they came up, they rolled up next to him as he was running, told yeah. him to stop. He refused to stop. And then he pulled all the way up in the truck, and then they blocked the road. Both got out as he ran up, and there was another car coming from behind that filmed all this. And... Yeah, I mean, if I was running and all of a sudden I had, you know, truck pull up in front of me and, you know, some redneck stepping out with a shotgun and a, and a three fifty seven, and I got another truck coming up behind me, another car coming behind me, I'm thinking this is it. This is where I'm getting jumped. This is where yeah. it's all going to come to an end if I don't do something about it. Yeah, no, it's it's a, a you know fight or flight moment. You either got to get out of there or you got to be prepared to you know fight some people. Right? It's Right, which goes to show you how aggressive these uh, these two were. Um, because, I mean, if they got close enough with a shotgun, then they were definitely approaching him. Because yeah. otherwise, I mean, how's if you're keeping your distance with a shotgun, then how can this guy cover that amount of ground? You know, and and this didn't even happen, like, near the truck. I no, mean, and, so... And actually, so their, their story didn't make sense either. They said they yeah. kind of pulled up to him and asked him to stop. What they did is they actually cut him off and tried to block off the road right so that's what they they tried to do um they they tried to cut him off and uh make sure they couldn't pull ahead and then they had someone come up from behind and try to do that and then they were they're were already holding the shotgun so like the video didn't match what it was and the video didn't come out right away but the district's attorney's office had this video they knew that the story didn't match what uh, was collected in the police report or the statements that they had made to the police. And yet they still, it took them 70 days to even start moving ahead with charges. Mm-hmm. And 70 days is a long time. That's a long time for, you know, someone in this position to be able to dispose of evidence, which, you know, they almost certainly did, uh, to get their story straight, to, to figure stuff out, you know, w- without trying to collect information fresh from the scene. And it's it's situation. Go ahead. I was going to say this is just so disturbing. This is something that I would have expected to read out of a book or something that happened pre nineteen sixty. Yeah. No. And it's, it's happening uh, half a century later. Yeah. So so we'll keep talking about this and we'll we'll kind of read over more of the facts in this case in just a few minutes here on Radio Free New York. We'll talk to you soon. You're listening to Radio Free New York. All right, welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today, joined by Sean Phelan, Agent of Chaos, and we are talking about the uh, the vigilanteism in in Georgia. And you know, again, reading over some of the the cases of this, the the Glynn County District Attorney Jackie Johnson um, recused herself from the case. She was the one who could have prosecuted this. Um, because uh, McMichael had done prior work with their office. And then a, a second district attorney, George uh, Barnhill, also stepped away, but then wrote an opinion that there's insufficient probable cause to issue arrest warrants at this time for this case. And again, there there is in Georgia the ability to make a citizen's arrest, but the it, it's only under very narrow circumstances they do that. And and for those of you reading online, I did post a link to the article that I'm referencing, and this is this is done by kind of a, a conservative um, lawyer too. 
just to, to give you a perspective on where it's coming from. Um, but you can do a citizen's arrest, but it has to be when someone commits a crime in your presence and with your immediate knowledge. It can't be like, oh, I saw someone who kind of looked like this guy on security footage a few weeks ago, and now I'm going to detain him with a gun. That's, uh, that's right. false imprisonment, actually. That's a... Uh, Holy, uh, you're committing a crime at that point if you do that. I mean, if you mm -hmm. if you see someone like blow someone's brains out or something like, yeah, that's that's this type of situation where you immediately witness that crime. Apparently, you're able to detain someone in Georgia. That's not what was happening here. Not at all. Um, no, and so you know, I can't see any situation where it makes sense where you can go and brandish a weapon and pursue this person who, you know, to all their knowledge was just jogging through the neighborhood. You know, something that I do, just jog through the neighborhood. Um, and it wasn't like it was his first time. Yeah. No, and, and apparently this guy was a, a, a runner, right? He, so he, you know, it's not a, a new type of thing for him. Um, run through the neighborhood. Uh, he, you know, and it's something that like if, you, if you're a runner i like i'm a runner i run all around rochester so you know i'll run from my neighborhood in the city and i'll run through some of the suburbs up in arondequoit and i'll run you know towards center city and things like that so, so i'm always all over the place um you know just trying to, to be safe i'm usually more worried about cars than i am about uh, other people um Tr trucks coming out of alleyways yeah that can happen sean that can happen. And for those, but I was on a bike. I, I almost, I almost killed him years ago before we found into each other. <laughs> yep, yep. So <clears throat> you shouldn't have been on the sidewalk. Yeah. All right. Well, no, that that's technically <laughs> true. You're not supposed to be on the sidewalk on a bike. I, I wasn't supposed to be doing that. Um. But anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the but these two guys. Um. Uh. Gregory and Travis McMichael, I don't know, to me, it seems like they, they committed crime. I, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a DA or anything like that, but it but it, it looks like they did something that, like, I would expect normal uh, police interactions to be like, yeah, we need to at least arrest and detain this person because, like, they killed someone. Yeah. Under circumstances that don't quite match a video that they knew they had. That seems mm -hmm. like it's worth uh, a greater investigation. It seems like it's worth pressing charges quicker. But again, it took 70 days to do this. And, and the reason why I bring this, this up is because we've talked a lot in the last week about eroding trust in government systems, right? Yeah. And, you know, I look at this situation, and unfortunately for a lot of people, for a lot of African Americans, this isn't something new. And as you kind of, I think you indicated during the last segment, it's, it's like something coming out of like a you know a 1950s um, news yeah story. if this was something that you uh, if this was a story that you told me just now i would have assumed that this happened in the 30s 40s 50s early 1960s i would never have thought it would happen today yeah so someone who you know they they called up they said oh there's a a black man in my neighborhood and we're going to go and and get a posse together and we're going to chase him down and detain him that's the type of vigilantism that is incredibly dangerous and, and resulted in the deaths of, of many, many African-Americans specifically, and not just in the South. It's, it, it was a, a thing that happened across the country. Um, but 
again, this is happening today in, in, in 2020 and it's, it's shocking. And it's, it's one of those things like, again, when, whenever I, I talk to, um, like African-American activists about this, they're always like, why are you surprised? And, and sometimes I'm like, I, you know, I don't know. It's still shocking to me. And like, we're not shocked. We're just sad. And, it's and that's it's still happening. Yeah. That's, 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 one of the that's sad my things. problem. And yeah. the saddest part is like this, you know, this, this uh, father has now dragged his son into a situation where the son is guilty, basically, of, by video um, evidence, uh, you know, of, of pulling the trigger of a shotgun and killing a man, yeah. you know, and it's just, you know, the father being a retired police officer, I'm sure he got preferential treatment and, and it only went so far before. You know, obviously, you know, he's been arrested, but this just, I smell a rat here. It's not good. It's not good. Yeah. And, you know, again, in this, in this situation, it's not, it would be different if they, I mean, there's, there's other issues with, with the police specifically handling this, but like the vigilanteism of like, it's different if you see someone and you're like, I'm pretty sure that looks like the, the guy who broke into my house or my friend's house the other day. And you call the police and you're like, all right. You know, I, I see this person. He's going down this street, or she's going down this street. Uh, you know, can you investigate this? That's that's one thing to go and report that to police. It's another thing to, you know, and he didn't, they didn't even like follow him down the road or anything and say like, hey, I'm I'm watching where this person is going. No, they took it, it, the law into their own hands, mm-hmm. and and in, in doing so, you know, it seems like they may have committed a crime. At least in the grand jury, felt like there's enough uh, evidence to to press charges at this point to bring charges I mean, against I, uh, I could see like I could see like him pulling up next to him and being like you know hey man you, you, you live in this neighborhood you know we've had a lot we've had a few robberies around here you don't look familiar to me oh yeah. oh you live over on that street oh okay alright well sorry to bother you man boom and then drive off you know that's it done yeah, maybe I mean, instead you, they come out with guns yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a whole different escalation you know, like there, there are different levels of, of confrontation possible and, and that's Again, you, you, it's, I, I can't, I can't see any way in which like, this isn't again, a, a pretty awful callback to a pretty evil history. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, you know, it's not, and it, it, it's, it's, it's bad all around too. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's bad for law and order. It's bad for, you know, perception of people being able to own guns responsibly um, and then it, it, it's bad just because, again, it, it brings up uh, uh, an ugly racial history uh, that, and, and, you know, I say history, but it's 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 an ongoing concern for a lot of people. Yeah, it's not only setting us back racially, it's setting us back uh, on the Second Amendment. I mean, this is not a responsible use of your firearm. Yeah. No, and uh, you know I, I will read a couple comments here to um, you know just give some context. Uh, well, it, Garrett says that, you know what were the victims' families and friends doing in the last two months? Uh, the fact that it took them this long to get any media content- attention is very concerning. You know I I don't know uh, I don't know if they're they're waiting on the the Georgia authorities to to act or you know they didn't want to jeopardize any aspects of the case until they didn't have to. You know I, I don't I'm not in the minds of, of um, the friends and family of, of uh, the victim here. 
So, so I don't know. I, I don't know uh, why Garrett, I... people, these these things happen, but... and you don't get any media attention on them sometimes, and they'll go years before they get any attention whatsoever. Yeah, and, and yeah, and, and that's that's part of it too. It just sometimes like maybe the local story is just like, all right, well, this uh this thing happened. I guess uh no big deal. And then you know suddenly the national media starts to pick up on it, and it's like, what on earth is happening? Um, you know, Olaf is, is saying that he's waiting for the um. He's wondering where uh, Donald Trump is on this. Uh, he's remained silent on this topic uh, and saying that uh, maybe his silence can be played off as satire or something. Yeah, I know that we get some strange stuff on that. No, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen anything from Donald Trump on it. I've seen something from Justin Nash on it. I don't know if uh, Joe Biden or anything said anything. Um, I would hope that uh, if Donald Trump says anything, it's it's respectful and just put in the effort of, again, building trust in government and building trust in law enforcement to correct the situation as much as possible. And, and really, there's no correcting it, right? Like that, um, you know, that life can't be taken back. You can't be brought back to life. Um, right. Mr. Arbery is, is always going to be dead. And so now, you can't I, undo I, it. I've, I've worked extensively with inner city youth um, and young adults and had very successful relationships with them. And, you know, for anybody that's listening out there, if you've, ever, if you've got to confront a black person about anything, they just want a little respect. Talk to them with respect, and you'll get respect back most of the time. Right. All right, so uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes with more Radio for New York. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today, joined by Sean Phelan. We'll talk to you again in a few. Listening to Radio Free New York. All right, welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm Kevin Wilson yesterday, joined by Sean Phelan, Agent of Chaos, and we are we're talking about what's happening in Georgia. And you know, we we're talking a little bit over the break. There's a couple points that we want to hit on this. Um, you know, one being kind of trust in government and two being you know what what does this mean for uh the right to self-defense we want to talk about what that means in context too but i, I do want to read a couple more uh comments though uh dan who says uh, uh sad is what it is uh hopefully these two are anomaly but i'm afraid it's not no excuse um, for this no matter I what think i'm the knocked off the doing. air uh sean you are still on the air bud <laughs> i can still hear you man uh but anyway uh so <clears throat> the other uh the other comment was some uh Garrett says uh I thought in this area may be a pocket of systematic racism and intimidation. The uh, oh I think it says uh, local law enforcement is uh, the the something history of local law enforcement is something to consider. So I apologize. Sean, you still with me, buddy? You uh, I lose you. All right. Well we'll try Hello. to get Sean We'll try to get Sean back. I can still hear you, man. I don't know what you're doing. Uh, 
but anyway, uh, so so two of the issues that I wanted to, to talk about uh, in this context are um, whether or not well how, well, how this uh, impacts um, both again trust in government and the right to self-defense. And I always see these situations and it becomes kind of an excuse among the progressive left, like, hey, this is why we need to take away guns from everyone, that that there, there are these uh, awful people out there that prove that we, that the American people can't be trusted with guns. But in this type of situation, I want you to think about not just uh, the, these two guys, the McMichaels, uh, but also, you know, other people. To, they have a right to be able to defend themselves from these types of people from the type of people who would want to hurt them with a uh, racist uh, vigilante justice. And so so for people like him, and I don't know Mr. Arbery's uh, specific history, whether he'd want a gun, whether it would have even helped in this situation. But what I do know is that if you are, you know, a, a young African-American man or, or anyone or man, woman, anyone, you have a right to defend yourself. That if uh, criminals who have ill intent, who want to hurt you, you have a right to stand your ground. You have a right to make sure that you're able to defend your life in one of these situations. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not a lawyer or anything, you know, I'm just reading like what uh, this, this lawyer's opinion is in, um, from, uh, uh, about the case in Georgia. And, and I'm, it's David French, who used to work at National Review Online. And I'm looking at this situation and it seems like, you know, maybe he would have a case in, under stand your ground law. Even if, uh, if the situation had ended differently, Mr. Arbery was able to, to fight off his attackers and maybe even injured him in the process, he'd be defending his life. And if in that situation, like to me, is if, if he were armed in that situation too, he'd have a right to defend his, his life with force if necessary. Because you, again, you can't just have people come up to you with guns, brandish weapons, threaten to hurt you, threaten to detain you. And you don't have any obligation or, you know, <laughs> A legal obligation to, to stay there and take that. You don't have any legal obligation to just uh, risk losing your life in this type of situation. You can flee. Uh, you, you know, these guys have no legal authority, and, and it seems like you should be able to, to defend yourself. But that's just me. That's not, that's not a legal opinion. That's just my moral opinion is that, is that you always have a right to defend your life, no matter what government says, that if, if someone's trying to hurt you and, you know, you haven't done anything wrong and someone just you know, pulls up to you, tries to block your path. You got to do whatever you can to, to fight and escape. That's what it is. What is um, going on? Hey, Sean, I can still hear you, man. <laughs> you can't hear me, apparently. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Uh, so anyway, the the other point I wanted to make about this um, is then again just just trust in the system, right? I, I've I've hit on this topic a few times this week. And, and this is shocking to a lot of people who don't have to live in this reality every day. But, but the truth is, is that like when we see situations like this, when we see situations where it appears that law enforcement isn't uh, on, working on behalf of uh, everyone in society, it starts to make you think, well, maybe they, you know, they're, they're, they're going to let people get away with violence. You know, again, there's a, there's a really ugly history of the United States of, of that type of thing happening. You're going to get away with, with hurting people that, that if you are of a certain class, of a certain position, that people can commit crimes against you with no consequence. Um, 
yeah, I mean, this situation is, is incredibly dark and I want, I, I don't, I want us to look away from it. I, you know, I think that, that conservatives and libertarians can sometimes be accused of looking away from these ugly situations or, or kind of raising our hands and saying like, oh, well, that's, you know, maybe that's not a role for the government to play in this type of situation. Like this is, or this is just anomaly. You know, I don't, I don't want to, to ignore what happens here. Again, my, my solutions are more, you have a fundamental right to self-defense uh, and you should always have that. And that in these types of situations, like it's, it's incumbent upon the, the local and the state government, in which case both these places failed, uh, it's, it's incumbent on local and state government to make sure that people can't get away with committing crimes like this. It's abhorrent and it needs to be stopped immediately. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, say I I'm almost, I've talked a lot, but I, I, I feel, I feel speechless and you know, there's, I'm getting, um, you know, another comment, uh, it says, uh, if he would defend himself, they would have put a spin on that video saying he was a thug and you know, Paul, they, they already are, you know, and I've seen that and I've seen some, some, you know, ugly things coming out too, saying like, Hey, this guy, he, he, you know, maybe he has a criminal history, you know, you don't know, maybe he really did do it. I'm like, man, these guys didn't know that in this situation. You can't just, you can't just roll up to someone you think may have committed a crime and threaten them with violence. They didn't know that. They don't know that they did that stuff, <laughs> that this guy did that stuff. All they knew was there's just a black man running through their neighborhood. That was it. No other context. And I, I can't imagine any situation in which you can justify doing that. It, it I don't know. It, but but yeah, Paul, that, that's it's already happening. And, and, and in fact, that's what they tried to use as their defense initially. Like, oh, the guy tried to fight back. But yeah, you have a right to fight back. If someone's pointing a shotgun or, and a pistol in your face, you haven't done anything wrong. You have a right to fight back. Why shouldn't you? And and Paul goes on to say, you know, as long as I have breath in my in my life, I'm definitely defending my life, and my family. Yeah, absolutely. You have a right, and, and that guy had that right too. So you know, I, I I'm really I'm frustrated at the irrelevance of people coming in and saying like, oh well, maybe this guy did some bad stuff in high school. Maybe he had robbed a store or something. You don't know that. You don't know that in this situation. You can't. If you're a responsible gun owner and you're ever thinking about like you know, trying to be a hero in one of these situations, you need to consider the legal ramifications of what you're doing and the moral ramifications of what you're doing. You need to exercise that right responsibly, just like you, you know, should have the right to uh, exercise your right to self-defense responsibly. That's what we need to do. Sorry, this is a heavy topic, guys. Uh, you know, so, but we'll be back in just a few minutes with a little more Radio Free New York. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk to you in a few. Radio Free New York. All right, welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm Kevin Wilson here today. I think joined again by Sean Phelan, Asian of Chaos. Sean, you're back with us, right? Yeah, sorry about that. I had a little technical difficulties uh, there. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I just before we go into the fake news stuff, I, I, I have one more thing to say, and I'll let you, you got cut off. You couldn't participate in that part of the conversation. But, uh, you know, 
thanks everyone uh paul garrett uh non-conformist farmer and dan you know all you guys who are commenting on thank you uh dan says you know hammer needs to drop on these two prosecutor needs to be held accountable as well should lose position or her position and, and or be disbarred gross negligence yeah well yeah well up, said man. you know and and my, my my final thought on this is like you know li libertarians and conservatives who are listening to the show like don't don't sit out on this stuff you know we we, we get accused all the time of you know, not caring about uh, the lives of, of African Americans um, and, and racial minorities, you know, despite the fact that the Libertarian Party and Libertarian movement is just as diverse as, you know, the rest of America. But but that's an accusation that often flies away from Democrats. But silence in these types of issues can be really telling. So gather the facts, try to figure out what's going on. You know, don't don't sit on the sidelines and, and you know, show that like, we want justice and liberty for every single American, no matter what background. We, we want justice and liberty for everyone. Sean, anything to add to that? You pretty much nailed it. Um, you know, there's one set of laws for every person in this country. Yeah. No, the, the law needs to, to apply equally. And that's, that's yep. absolutely, yep. you know, what we stand for, what we've always stood for. And, you know, we, we need to make sure that, that we show it in, in situations where, that principles uh, failed us, or not that the principle has failed, that the the government has failed to enforce that principle. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, you know, we always like to end the the week on on a bit of a lighter note, but you know, we we, we like to do our fake news Friday segment. Um, so we do have a couple things for you. I'll, I'll start off with one, uh, and and you've probably heard this, Sean. Are we about to be attacked by swarms? Of murder hornets yes and that's uh, yes. coming just before all the grizzly bears with chainsaws but man bear pig the, well that <laughs> was a few years ago a few years ago more man bear pig uh yeah so it is sort of real news <laughs> there are these things called japanese hornets uh they are big they're two inches long. Uh, they have a very nasty sting. And, yeah, they, they uh, have been spotted on the west coast of the United States. So they're they are pretty ugly things. And, and what they do, uh, they, so they're not actually called murder hornets. That's just a catchy headline to, to scare us and grab attention. Assault you know, weapons, people. murder hornets, you know. Yeah, so we've been having some fun with that. Um, or, you know, and what they do is they, they will go into a beehive uh, one of them or a group of them, and they will bite the heads off of bees, and then they will uh, they'll eat them. Right, so they'll they'll go up and do that. So that's why, that's why they're nicknamed murder hornets because that's what they do. So they they can totally tear up a, a beehive and and kill the whole thing. So, yeah, that's funny. You know, so, I saw prey mantis uh, do the same thing to one of the murder hornets. Oh yeah, no, I saw that video. It just like ate its brains out. It was yeah. It was just like I eat your head. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, nope. That's that's the way it did, and it's it's yeah. No, so that's a, a gross video. <laughs> and we have so, so many. See, I'm not concerned because we have so many praying mantises up here in New York State. It's ridiculous. Dude, and and uh, once when I was younger, once when I was a kid in Long Island, I saw one that was almost a foot long. It was huge. Foot long? Did they grow yeah. that big? I didn't that know that. Tail? Is that tall tail? Is that like a fish story, Sean? Well, I I only guesstimated his size because he was on a sewer cover and he covered half the sewer cover. That's sure you weren't looking at a small green dog. <laughs> no, believe me, I was uh, freaked out about this thing. 
Yeah, no, oh, that's crazy. Now, now, what's what's untrue about the story is again, it's it's only there's only a few of them. They haven't quite like settled permanent resident as permanent residents in the, the the continental U.S. They're just in, in parts of the Pacific Northwest and Canada, United States. Even if they do end up making uh, this continent a permanent home, there's a good chance that it's going to be a while before they they make it out to Western New York. Now, oh, dude, we've had I killer be bees coming that. to kill us since the early 1980s. Yeah, they never made it north. They they, they no. kind of just stopped at the southwest. Yep. So yeah, the 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 killer bees. I mean, it's it's a real thing in some places. Like they, it's nasty stuff, but it never ended up uh, making its way up here. Most of the country doesn't really have to worry about it much. But uh, but murder hornets. Uh, you know, they they kill like uh, fifty people a year out in Japan. It's uh, you know, not a lot, but uh, more than zero. More than zero people dying of uh, Japanese hornets, and yeah, you don't they, see they, they don't they see those people nasty. being uh, quarantined in their houses. Nope, we're we're gonna have to we have to quarantine for just six more months just to make sure we take care oh. of the murder hornet problem. Yeah, and, no, uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Or uh, you know, they I've seen um, you know, <laughs> we just gotta go send out the I forget what what do you call them uh, etymologists. I, I, I'm forgetting yeah. all the scientist names. You, the bug scientists. Yeah, you get out the bug scientists. They got to go out and, and and get rid of the murder hornets before they they <laughs> eat all the 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 honeybees that we have here because the honeybees got enough problems, and we don't need murder hornets on top of that. No, 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 no. On on, on a slight note, um, you were talking about the quarantine. The the um, I'm hearing uh, rumors of speakeasy starting to pop up now. Hmm. Eight, eight, 1920s, 2020s. Entomologists. Yes, entomologist. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I'm getting. I'm getting comments, guys. Thanks for googling it. Yep. You're right. <laughs> Whatever. Entomologist. Yep. I forget what the other one is. Th- thanks. For, <laughs> thanks for the comment, guys. But speakeasies. Yeah. Uh. It's. It, so. You got. Don't. Don't. Don't knock on the speakeasies, Sean. I'm hearing they're starting to pop up. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Well, it happens. I mean. I, I mean, I've heard other people. They they just go out to you know, go out to parks and and drink and whatnot. I you know. Someone, someone brought up to me today that that we should probably just get rid of open container laws. Just get rid of them all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. I, 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 yep. Why? I mean, as long as you're not drunk in public, you're not making a scene. Why not have open container laws? Right. Um. But but yeah, I guess you, you could go to a speakeasy if that's the route that you wanted to go. I've heard about speakeasies. I've heard about uh, black market haircuts. People who yes, are yes. Who are contacting. <laughs> Uh, barbers and cosmetologists and whatnot to try to uh, get their haircuts. Uh, I I have not done that yet. My hair is getting a bit shaggy, but I wear a hat on this show, so you can't see how long my hair is. Mm. I've also I, I I've decided I'm not going to go and try to do the the self haircut thing. I have seen too many friends where that has gone just horrifically long, wrong. Just it's either bowl cut or they just they shave it too deep, and it's Nope, nope. That's nope, why I nope. shaved my head, man. I got no problem. You know, I guess that, that that does make it easier, right? <laughs> oh, a lot easier. Yeah, no, it makes it way easier. So, see, I don't look like anything has happened. I don't look like anything has changed in society. I look exactly the way I normally look. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, man. Uh, now, did you have a, a fake news item? Yes, actually, uh, I do. But um, I do want to kind of spin off what you were just saying there. All right, go um, ahead. Did, I'm going to incorporate it into this, did 
a strip club get shut down and then decide to reopen as a drive-through. As a drive-through. Did we do this? I feel like we've done a bunch of strip club ones. I can't remember, but I, I did so I saw I saw pictures of it. Yeah, it happened out in Oregon. But I did see pictures of it. It happened out in Oregon. The guy, the guy went and made a, a stripper drive-through. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I saw. I saw. There's I answers saw, to everything, folks. <laughs> the free market finds a way. That's does it say. does? Free market finds a way. So I, I did see some videos of that. Uh, you know, there's people driving their trucks through like uh, a strip club, like, and you could see like stages on either side, and mm-hmm. there's strippers wearing, um, you know, like gas masks. Yeah. So, you know, so so we we finally reached like the the cyberpunk stage of our apocalypse. We're we're here now. Okay, let me give you so, my well, this my, is what we my, my the, true the apocalypse to look like. Let me give you my true fake news Friday. You ready? All right, what, what you got? Florida man. All right, Florida man, as usual. What we got Did a thing? Florida man go? to an unused Disney Island to quarantine himself from the COVID virus. Oh, sounds like a smart man. Uh, I'm going to say fake news, but sounds like a smart guy. On Thursday, May 2nd, Florida deputies arrested a man who had been living out his quarantine on a shuttered uh, Disney World Island, telling authorities (laughs) it felt like a tropical paradise. Orange County Sheriff deputies found Richard McGuire, 42 years old, on Disney's Discovery Island, which was also Treasure Island back in the day, on Thursday. He had been there since Monday or Tuesday and had planned to to camp there for a week. (laughs) You know, I I, I like the initiative. (laughs) That's a bold move. I, I can't imagine that. Going to Disney is the smart idea because I feel like Disney, like they're they're definitely the ones to enforce that. They're the ones. Well, the and, island's uh, been closed for years. Oh well, you know, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, it's just crazy. Oh, <clears throat> but anyway, you know, one last comment. Dan Dan says it uh, might be a good idea to pay your barber or hairstylist in advance for your next haircut. They have to be hurting. That, you know, that's a great idea. You know, I have, I have the same barber I've been going to for about seven years. You know, maybe that. I'll just uh, buy my next couple of haircuts in advance. Uh, help them out. We should have talked. We should have talked about the uh, salon in Texas. Oh yeah, we didn't talk much about that. We talked about it yesterday a little bit, but yep. all right. Thanks guys for joining us here on Radio Free New York. Andrew will be back hosting on Monday with more Radio Free New York. See you then.